You're listening to episode 50 of the Tennis Files podcast with special guest Alan Iverson. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Thanks for tuning in to episode 50 of the Tennis Files Podcast. My name is Mehrban Iranshad, and I'm the host of the show. Um, and today we have a great episode with Alan Iverson. And no, he is not the famous basketball player that we know uh, back in the day, uh, Alan is actually a very successful uh, teaching pro and sales rep for Bobolot, uh, which is one of the uh, most highly regarded tennis brands out there. They have uh, superstar athletes like uh, Rafael Nadal and Joe Wilfred Sanga, among many others. And today, Alan is going to educate us about uh, how we can best go about selecting rackets and strings for our game. And he's also going to uh, give us a glimpse into uh, all the excellent products that Babolat has. Um, obviously, I know a lot of you out there, including myself as well, uh, use Babolat rackets, strings, you know, shoes, all those types of things. And so it's always great to kind of just get a, an overview of uh, what's out there. And I did a similar episode um, with Preston Lemon for Wilson. And so obviously, uh, Babolat should be, uh, you know, included in this type of review. So I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, let me know your feedback on iTunes or on any platform you're using to listen to the show. And uh, again, I appreciate you joining and I hope you enjoy this episode with Alan Iverson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Tennis Falls Podcast. I'm here with Alan Iverson from Babolat. He is a uh, sales representative for, for Babolat. Uh, you know, obviously a wonderful company. I use their products and uh, their, their racket currently and string. Um, so really a pleasure to have an expert like Alan on the show. Uh, he is, you know, one of the top uh, sales representatives around. You know, he, he won uh, or was awarded the 2014 Tennis Industry Sales Rep of the Year. He's also a USPTA P1 with more than two decades of teaching experience. So he not only uh, has a lot of uh, knowledge and experience with products, uh, but also teaching as well. And in 2012, uh, Alan was Babolat's National Salesperson of the Year. His, uh, I believe one of his peers uh, mentioned that his knowledge of, of Babolat is better than anybody that uh, he's ever worked with. So definitely for the right person to have on the show today to talk about Babolat products, which so many of you all use or at least are interested uh, in potentially using. Uh, and Alan also played uh, number one at his high school and uh, he played all four years at uh, in college as well. Uh, up in Irvine. So, uh, Alan, just want to welcome you to the Tennis Files podcast. I appreciate you making some time to speak with us today. Oh, thank you so much for letting me come on. I'm, I'm excited to talk about Babylon products. Uh, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome, uh, you know, to have an expert like you around here. So, Alan, I just want to start off by asking you, um, you know, how did you end up becoming 
uh, you know, such an expert and highly respected uh, sales rep for Babolat? Well, you know, it, it's a process of time. You know, I played juniors in college and, and was interested in product. You know, I started working in pro shops when I was 16 in stringing. And then I worked at Racket Club of Irvine and ran their pro shop and worked uh, and were teaching. And so I learned a lot that way. And then I met other people with Bob a lot that were interested in maybe transitioning me into the sales job that I'm now in. Nice. That's awesome, uh, Alan. And so like, so Babolat was pretty much the, was it the first and only brand that you worked for in tennis? No, I, I worked with some, yes, my first and only ones. And really it was an interesting thing because, you know, certainly I'm a sales person and, and I like selling. I wasn't really sure about when that, that when I started because I was more of a tennis enthusiast. I just love product. And I came to Bala because I had just such a strong believer in their product. When I started with them, it would be eight years ago in July, they were number four in the market, not number one where they currently are in rackets and string. I just chose to go with Bala just because I was a great believer in the product and what they do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's obviously a lot of great brands out there, but Babolat's great. I mean, otherwise I wouldn't be using it. Um, but, you know, I, obviously I, I love doing a lot of research into, uh, you know, my guests and stuff. And uh, I, so I saw an interesting story about you, uh, a traveling uh, expedition, I guess you had, a 125-mile uh, round trip. So I guess I just want to ask you about maybe what is the farthest that you've ever traveled to promote the the Babolat brand? Because I know you you go a lot of different places to do that. Well, it's been an interesting thing because, you know, I was somewhat of an expert when I started with Babolat and rackets and string, but they really furthered that education. In fact, about three weeks ago, I just came back from China. So I was in southern China about an hour and a half out of Hong Kong. We actually got to go to one of the racket factories, one of the shoe factories where they kind of continue to educate you. I mean, it was fascinating. A thousand pairs of hands touch a pair of shoes before you get it. I mean, there's a lot that goes into building the product. And really that's the interesting thing for Bob Lott in general, because they're not really a marketing company. They're not a big corporation. It's a family owned French tennis company. They're really builders. And they started with, you know, obviously VS gun is their string that they started Within 1875, they used to make strings for violins. And then, wow. then uh, a racket manufacturer called Bussy, which is out of England, about a year year into when tennis just began, came to the uh, Babylon and asked them to make strings for rackets. So that's how they started. But China is the furthest I went. That was certainly a long trip. Wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. And so... Uh, you know, of all the things that you get to do, uh, you know, uh, because of being a, a Babolat sales manager, what's what's your favorite thing a- about the job? Well, I think it's people and product. You know, I like talking about product. You know, sometimes I get to go to BMP and, and work at the at the tent there and sell product. But I, I like talking to dealers. I understand their perspective. I like to talk about product and I like to talk to the end consumer and see what their thoughts are and see what they're experiencing. Uh, it's just a lot of fun for me. That's awesome. I'm curious what um you know what tournaments you mentioned Indian Wells, but do you uh, do you commonly go to other pro tournaments as well, or like you know on occasion uh, if you could name some of them? Not so much. I used to do. I used to go to the LA Open when we had it. You know, so I would work that tournament. 
So that's, you know, I do demo day events at clubs and other events like that. But uh, I don't, the big term I go to is really BMP, which is a lot of fun because it's just such a well-run tournament. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best ones uh, in the world for sure. Been there a couple of times myself. Uh, always a fun question for the guests. Well, most of the time, but what are three things that most of the world doesn't know about Alan Iverson? Okay, so the first, I'm a twin. I have a twin sister named Adrian. Wow. And I was born on June 1st, which is Gemini Moon. Wow. The second is that I love country music, more the modern stuff, but I love country music. And the third is my favorite tennis player is Thomas Muster. Nice. Because he came back from a knee injury like I have. So I had a couple times over my knee. So he was always an inspiration to his work ethic and. He's coming back from that uh, accident that he had. How could your favorite player not use Bablat? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, it's a tough one, you know. I mean, certainly Nadal's up there, too, because he's been such a, <laughs> you know, such a gracious competitor, and obviously his success has been amazing. But he's such a gracious guy. He's actually born in June also and, and a very sensitive competitor. If you look at his Facebook post, he's very emotional and honest about what he's experiencing, which is awesome. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. I mean, both those guys are really awesome. Uh, Nadal is just incredibly humble, like you said, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you and I chatted, uh, you know, a little while ago about, uh, Babylon and the history and, and it's very interesting. So I guess I just want to, you know, uh, go there and ask you, uh, pretty much when, where, and how was Babylon, uh, founded just, you know, give us the backstory of, of, I mean, you gave us some of that, but I mean, just, you know, go more in depth into uh, into just the history of Babolat. So Babolat started making, was a, was a maker of strings for violins. Right. And the, you know, the, the founder of tennis in 1875 came to them and asked him to make, to make the gut strings for tennis rackets. So that's really where it's all started for them was with string. And, you know, they still make the VS cut now. I mean, it's the top, it's the best selling string for power, tension, maintenance, comfort. It, nothing still can compare with gut in that level. So it really all started with strings for them. And so even you, even the early development, you know, the pros that supported from beyond board to Pete Sampras, to Kim Kleisters, they're all got users. Uh, because of that history, you know, if you talk about the the four musketeers out of France, even helped to further develop that. And they were, you know, that was kind of the the interesting thing about Bomblot working with pros in the pro tour. So Gene Barada, Jacques Borgman, Rene Lacoste, who painted the Postman, you know, Henry Crochet, who's won six, you know, eight Grand Slams and six Davis Cups. They all helped to develop the VS gut that we know now and it was really kind of part of what Bomblet's always done which is work closely with the pro tour even in the 1980s they started a, a system where they actually traveled with the pro tour and strung for the pro tour for 20 years that's one of the reasons why you find that the bubble rackets you have one head size but four different weights so they're thinking like a racket tuner you're finding the right weight for your swing not the other way around and so things like weight and balance and how the racket swings, it's all an art form to make these rackets 
And it's interesting talking to the people who developed the product because even as a player, your player is going to go and try rackets. You know what you like, but you can't really always define that sensation. Let, let's take an analogy another way to string, which is really 70% of the performance of your racket. A player might come to me or to you and say, hey, wow, this new polyester string is really helping me hit the ball harder, which really isn't the case. Polyester slips better for spin, and it's a stiffer material, so it gives you more control. Now, because of that more control, maybe you feel like you can swing harder, and in essence, you're producing more spin, but not really more power. It's really the string giving you the control and the confidence. Mm-hmm. So it's just defining sensation, all that. Even at the Pro Tour, you'd be surprised. A lot of these guys are so great because it's all by feel for them. Yeah, I mean, super important. Uh, you know, what sometimes when you use the right product or string and you just get a way better feel of the ball, other, uh, you know, all of a sudden your confidence just skyrockets. So um, definitely, definitely huge. And so... Would you say that, uh, you know, because I was wondering what your your first, uh, Bablet's first breakthrough product was. So would you say that was the VS Gut then? Oh, for sure. Right. Because that was 1875. What's confusing for people is Bablet only started making rackets 23 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they've only been 17 years in the U.S. It's been an amazing um, launch to number one, kind of a magical, kind of mystical, but in the sense, not surprising because you might not know why you like it, but you can tell that this racket just plays better. I mean, you now have had a little more experience with a bottle of racket that you might not have had before, but the easy way the racket swing and the big sweet spot and the forgiveness you get even on off center hits really throughout all our lines makes the rackets easy to play with and more powerful to play with. And I think that translates well to a customer who's really looking for something to give them an edge in their performance for sure i mean you know it makes me think of like the uh the pure arrow it's you know used to be the arrow pro and such that i mean i don't think i've seen a racket that's more widely used across like the different uh levels you know from people who are like a three five for example all the way to the pro tour which is uh yeah, I mean, just shows kind of the versatility in, in that line and in, in uh products. So that's pretty awesome. Of all the pros um, that Babolat has sponsored, who do you think has been the most uh, pivotal, or you could, uh, you know, most influential for the brand, uh, further the brand the most? And you know, you could name you know, a couple if there's more than one. Well, you know, I think you know the four musketeers. So, excuse me, four musketeers I mentioned earlier really helped to develop the VS gut as we know it. Right. So that was kind of the, the first part of that connection. And then really on the racket side, it was Carlos Moya first because hmm. he used the pure drive and he won the French Open with that and got to number one in the world using the pure drive. And then you had Kim Kleisters and Andy Rod come out with the pure drive in when the U.S. Open. So they were really key components in that. You know, on the string side, Beyond Borg and Sampras were very influential, and they had the stencil, and Bobot was the first one to put stencils on a racket with their idea to use the string. They really promoted the string well that way. Yannick Noam would be in that too. So string side is definitely those guys. Racket side, it really started with Moya. 
Kleiser's Roddick. Of course, Nadal has been amazing because he's so popular. I mean, not all pro players really sell rackets, but Nadal really connects across such a wide range to kids, to women, to male adults. He's such a good connector with his his uh, his his followers that it's been amazing. So on the shoe side, you know, when he started shoes in 2011, but Andy Roddick, of course, was our guy really promoting the shoes and helping us develop the shoes for quite some time. He was great. Yeah. Um, how long did, uh, did Andy, you know, work with you guys on that? And I guess I assume that he, he was with Babolat, uh, staff and just like testing it out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, part of the partnership on the four end was right from the beginning in 2011, they worked with Michelin, which is, of course, in Michelin, if you say it in French, uh, to develop. You know, the, the important thing about that is two things. A, the consistency and quality of the rubber is good, but also they've developed different tread patterns. So I'm going to give you a little teaser here. We're going to come out with a new jet shoot. It hasn't been announced yet in terms of when it will ship. But it will actually have different fibers in the in the rubber, kind of like a tire that Michelin's helped us develop. But the tread and the rubber uniqueness, the bottle up product, is one of the reasons why the shoes have done well. In fact, the Jet just got named best overall lightweight shoe by Tennis Magazine. Wow! Congrats. And that shoe is really not very old. So it's been an amazing run for them on the shoe side, also. Yeah, that's that's super super impressive. Um, and obviously, we're going to get a, a, a lot into rackets, you know, later on um, as part of the review and such. But uh, you know, of all the lines that Babolat has, um, which line do you think is uh, has been most successful so far? Well, if we talk about models, the Pure Arrow, you speak called Arrow Pro Drive, is the number one selling racket in the U.S. and the world. So that model itself is the number one seller. And the Pure Drive line is the number one selling line of rackets. Now, the Pure Drive line, you know, like Moya and Kleisters and Ronick use, is really where is the heritage rack where everything all started for Babala. And so that line is the best selling line because it has oversized rackets in it. The best selling oversized right now is Pure Drive 107. There's also Pure Drive 110. So that makes it the best selling line of rackets. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, it's not surprising. I mean, I use the uh, Aero Pro. Uh, I mean, I, I'm using it now, or I guess I was using it. And then, uh, you know, when you kindly sent me the uh, Pure Aero to check out, I mean, I pretty much fell in love with that racket. And it, it's definitely tough, you know, choosing rackets. And it was it was a struggle, I tell you. I mean, I, you know, obviously, there, like I said, there's other great brands and I out there as well. And I, I, I did like the Blade a lot, um, Wilson Blade. Um, and then I also, it, at one point, it was between that racket and the Pure Strike. And I, I t- you know, I struggled for, for many days trying to decide. And then all of a sudden, I tried the Pure Arrow and I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is... It's like a mix of my previous racket, the Aero uh, uh, Aero Pro, but with an amazing amount of more uh, control, in my opinion. Uh, and it's just just a great, really great racket. So no surprise with your answer there. But yeah, I mean, of all the interesting facts about Babolat, I mean, are there? I'm sure there's a ton of nuggets out there. Are there any others that that you think are are pretty interesting for us to to know about? 
Well, I think it's it's interesting to understand. It's a European company. It's a French-owned family company out of Lyon, France. And they develop and produce a lot of their own products. And even product like when we went to China to see, they have their own builders and their own supervisors of how that product's done. The European perspective is kind of different from the U.S. Uh, let me give you an analogy. You know, when I, you know, they've come over here many times. I've done play tests with people in Southern California to try out and test out a new product because they want to be close to their consumer. And there's something I want to tell you more at the end about that that I think your audience is really going to like. Um, but it's all about them understanding and having good history and quality. Really, the European perspective, like let's say we had a problem with a computer in the U.S., what they tell me that the, the product developers in Europe is that the U.S. people will just throw a bunch of data at that problem, figure out where the problem is, and fix it kind of practical, pragmatic. On the Europe side of things, they're going to figure out how the computer thinks so they understand why it's producing that error. Mm. So the whole idea, history and quality and getting the process right is really important for them, being innovators and understanding the whole thought process that makes a great product. So they're really thinking about customizing a racket specifically for you as the player versus developing a product for the mass market. Much different mindset versus the American, which is more mass market. Hmm. Yeah, definitely a different approach, uh, which has worked very well for the brand. So it's it's definitely really cool to know. I was also wondering, and obviously I know you don't, well, maybe you do, but you probably don't keep like uh stats of like all the the pros as far as how long they've been with Babylab. but i'm curious if you might know who which pro has been the longest uh you know a part of the brand the longest one well, the in that mix i mean i think since 12 you know nadal i mean it's interesting his connection to moya his coach you know moya was an influencer in that and right. you know he was a top junior you know in the world you know, even very young, you know, Gasquet was in that mix also. They used to play each other in the juniors. And, and he's really been really a long-time guy, and that's why it was so great, you know, last year when they were able to re-sign him to a, a contract just because he's such a key influencer in the game of tennis. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's amazing. Um, so, yeah, uh, Alan, now it's uh, I'd like to kind of – dive into you know the different racket lines obviously we mentioned some of them but i guess i want to start off this section by asking you what rackets in babylet's line should players look for if they are a beginner or intermediate player would you say well let's talk first a little bit about the demo process and then we'll go into that you know what you want to do when you're demoing a racket is this is basically going to become your hand. So you're trying to find a racket that matches the feel you like. And, and the process now got more complicated because of stringing. So we'll leave that out of the picture right now. But what you want to do is find a racket that you like and play with someone you normally play with. Because you could be thinking this rank is making a big difference. And then the partner that you normally play with says, wow, it's not really making any difference at all. So play with someone you normally play with. And if you find that you don't like the racket that much initially within the first 10 to 15 minutes, you're probably not going to like it. Mm-hmm. Find something you like, play with someone you know, and then if you like it, start to play some matches 
Because part of the challenge when you get a racket isn't just the power you can create, but the power you can control. So you're trying to find the right blend, a racket that's going to help you hit hard, but also control. So we're looking for those two things to come together. In the racket line, what we've been very successful with on the Bobla side is, to your point, the pure arrow line, the pure type line, work well for a lot of players in this sense. The pure arrow and pure driver, 10.6 ounces of strong weight. A lot of people tend to like a lighter racket. So as a beginning player, if you go lighter, like let's say a pure arrow lighter, pure drive light, they're the same weight at 9.5 ounces. When you go lighter, you get a racket that's easier to get to impact. You're going to lose some power and stability because the weight gives you power. But it only gives you power if you can get to impact right. We make other weights. We make a team weight, which is in between the lightweight and the regular pure arrow weight, or a tour weight, which is even heavier for a very advanced player. Mm -hmm. But typically, you want to start out lighter in a mid-power pure driver, pure arrow. That's typically the best go. If your swing speed is, is, uh, let's say, you're elderly or you just have a very short and compact swing, that's slow speed, then since they're using a bigger head size, like a pure drive 110 or, or potentially a 107 or 115, the bigger the head size, the more the power. That's good. As long as your swing is short, you can make the impact. So those are kind of the variables you're working with, taking string out of that equation. Awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, definitely valuable advice for people who are trying to figure out what racket they want to use. And so uh, obviously there's different different uh you know, little, uh, iterations of certain rackets. What does the, uh, cause this is the one that I like the, uh, what does the VS, uh, stand for in, in the rackets, uh, the racket lines? Well, the VS, you know, it started with the four musketeers when they helped develop, um, got to a higher level. So you, when you look at our gut line, there's a VS touch, which is our 16 gauge and a VS team, which is our 17 gauge. And that's the four musketeers and the French guys. And they really, had an amazing run in tennis at the time with their Davis Cup titles and Grand Slam wins. But they worked with the pros to develop this better grade string. And the rackets kind of signify that too. So if you look at a pure arrow VS or VS Tour, the differences in weight, those rackets have been developed in respect with the pros. So Jack Sock is in a pure arrow VS. Uh, Mark Dobonis at Argentina won with that. He also was wearing the Jets when he won. Davis Cup this year. Uh, Ryan Harrison's in that racket currently. Uh, we've had former greats like Stevie Johnson using that racket. If you want to go back to number one in the world, women, Athena and Petroma were in the Aerostorm version of that racket. We do also do a pure strike VS, which is even more controlled, a completely box frame racket that does well also. They're really player approved rackets. Awesome. And also, I. Um... As far as the the pure control, is it is that the one that's now the pure strike VS? Is that what that is now? Correct. Okay. Correct. We make that in two weights. You know, the the weighting for the pure strike VS and VS tour and the pure arrow VS and VS tour are a little bit different. It's ten four, but with a little more weight in the head versus our normal ten six. In eleven three at the tour weight, we're normally with a pure drive tour or a pure arrow tour, it's 11-1. One. 
because that racket, since they're more controlled, you put a little more weight in the head on the heaviest weight. And, and same thing at the 10-4 weight, that's why they make it a little lighter. It actually swings a little heavier than 10-4, but it feels that way. So there's a little more weight in the head. With the, the elliptical line of rackets, like a pure driver, pure arrow, will swing a little easier. Gotcha. It's awesome. And also, one thing I, I noticed with the uh, VS, I mean, you know, some rackets, I mean, I think it's a lot less common. Uh, well, first, you have like the 1820, 1619, very common, but the Babylon Pure Arrow VS is a 16 by 20 string pattern. So, what is that? Uh, how does that impact uh, rackets in general with the 1620? You know, they're both 98s. The head on the pure Aero VS and the pure Strike VS tour weights also is a 98. And it's really the exact same head. The difference being that, that on the pure Aero VS, it's the throat is elliptical and not box frame. So it cracks a little bit more. That player is looking for spin, but a little more control. So that added cross is giving just a little bit more control to that rack and to that pattern. Whereas an elliptical racket, we're typically 16 by 19 in our pure arrow and pure drive to open it up and give that more powerful rack a little more spin. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense uh, into why I felt so much more control with the Battlebed Pure Arrow VS from my uh, uh, Arrow Pro from before because uh, the previous one was 100 square inches and it was 16 by 19. Uh, you know, the one that I'm trying out now is a 98 square inch and 16 by 20. Um, so yeah, that's great stuff. And also, I mean, I don't know if it necessarily makes a difference, but are there certain rackets in Babolat's line that are better suited for, you know, maybe serving volleyers or, or you know, versus baseliners or, or anything like that? Well, we basically have three pillars of rackets. So the three pillars that we have are the pure drive line which typically for certain volumes work pretty well because it's a pretty responsive racket head. It's really made for someone who hits spin, but more through the court. Part of what you're looking for, because the pure arrow is more about power and spin, but the pure arrow has a stiffer throat, but softer head, whereas the pure drive doesn't have a soft throat, but it's not as stiff as the pure arrow, but it's stiffer at the tip. So part of it's the response you want. We talked earlier about, you know, power created and power controlled. If I like a very responsive feel, then I might like the pure drive. The amazing thing is you would think with Ralph Nadal using the pure arrow that that would be the number one racket used on the Pro Tour by Babylon players. It's actually the pure drive. So if you think about Fognini, Beneteau, uh, Muguruza, you know, these are big pure drive users. We actually have, you know, uh, Bouchard is now was using it as actually switched back in the pure arrow, but we've got a lot, we've got a good mix, but pure drive is still the number one used racket. You know, also what's happened for us is the pure strike line has come into fruition for us. Actually that pure strike 16 by 19 just got named best playable racket, playability racket of the year by tennis magazine. Hmm. And that racket gives you a little bit more control. It's a hybrid frame. So it's not, completely rounded like an airplane wing, but partly square and partly elliptical. And that gives you a little more control and that rack has done quite well for us. So if you were looking for even a little less response, a little more control, you go into the pure strike line. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I definitely like the pure strike line. It was, it was definitely great. I guess we'll get into that in the uh, demo part, but uh, wh- which one does a uh, team use? Which model of the strike does he use? 
He uses the Pure Strike Team 18 by 20. Gotcha. So the 16 by 19 has been the bigger seller in the U.S. And typically that it is, right? Typically that's the case for the U.S. In Europe, they tend to prefer a tighter pattern for control in the clay. And because clay tends to wear your strings a little faster, it helps with, with durability of strings. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good to know. Uh, awesome stuff, uh, Alan. And so I guess now I'm definitely excited to talk about my experiences with, uh, you know, the different rackets that, uh, you, you've, uh, graciously sent me to try out. So, um, first, obviously, you know, I mentioned the pure aero VS, um, but could you talk a little bit about the uh, specs again, just for a refresher? So the pure aero VS is a 98 square inch racket. And really for, for all purposes for us in our line, it's yellow and black, but it could be white in our, in our more controlled pillar because it's really more on the control side. This is a racket developed for higher level players like yourself with a good swing speed. It has a unique feel for bottom lock because it has a firm throat and a soft head. So you really feel the flex of the racket as you hit it. The racket comes in a 10-4 regular weight pure OBS and a tour weight 11-3. And it's in, you know, like we talked about before, it's a 16 by 20 pattern. Jack Sock is really the guy who leads the way for that. You saw him, we actually did a Stars and Stripes version of that racket, which he loved mm-hmm. back in the in the black and yellow cosmetic now, but he loved that Stars and Stripes. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I mean, like I said, uh, this is a great racket. Um, and yeah, I mean, pretty much my experience with it, like I said, uh, really great control. I felt like I got a lot of uh, nice power. And obviously, this is well known as a spin-friendly racket. So that was great. And I also really enjoyed its thinner beam over the, uh, I guess, you know, thicker beam of uh, of the predecessor or its pre- predecessor, rather. Um, and so because of that, it felt a lot more maneuverable. Um, and you know, not quite as, I guess, clunky as other rackets that, you know, are, have thicker beams. Um, and also we'll, we'll talk about strings uh, a little later as well, but, um, I paired it, uh, with the, uh, RPM blast rough, which is a very new string. And that just, I mean, that pairing was just, it's just really amazing. And I even hit, hit with it today as well. And I'm um, great feel for me. Um, definitely like it. Uh, more than the previous iteration, just because of the again the control and feel, and I uh, just uh, yeah, it's it's a great racket. So, um, have you hit with it? Uh, or tried it out, Alan? Yeah, it's a wonderful racket. You know, I'm an older guy, so I need a little more power. So I'm in the pure arrow line, mm-hmm. but it hits well, and and really, it's a pro developed racket. And, and stringing is a real important choice. I mean, just like you know, Bob lets refine its string over time, and refine the rackets, but to your point, string pairing is critical. It's 70% of the performance of your racket. It's really the engine to your to your car, to your racket performance. So your consideration there and how you string and how frequently you string is really critical. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's good. So actually, well, I guess I'll save this question for the string <laughs> portion. But um, yeah, so and then another racket that I tried out was the uh, Pure Strike 100. So do you mind giving the specs on that? So Pure Strike 100, if you were looking at the Bob Online, Pure Drive, is, Pure Drive, Pure Arrow, and Pure Strike 100 are all 100 branches. They're all 16 by 19, and they're all 10.6 ounces. If I wanted the most responsive mid-power racket, Pure Power racket, I go to Pure Drive. If I wanted a little softer response and a little more spin, I go to Pure Arrow. If I wanted even a little bit more control, 
I go to the pure strike. In Balot's thinking, you know, uh, someone who's looking for a lot of response, you know, usually standing near the baseline is in the pure drive. Someone who's standing a little further back and taking bigger swings, pure arrow. The pure strike was really developed for what's happening in today's game, which has gotten faster, but the guys are taking full swings and they're taking the ball earlier, like on the rise, sometimes inside the court hitting ground strokes. You see that with today's game, which is so fast. These guys are taking the ball sooner. And it's been an interesting transition. They're going more to these hybrid rackets. You know, the blade would be in this category. It's a pure strike. The difference in the pure strike versus a lot of those other more controlled rackets, it has the big sweet spot of a bob lot. And it's still a little bit more responsive, still a little more powerful. Yeah, you know, it's uh, definitely a good racket. <clears throat> I tried that one um, as well. Uh, good power, pretty maneuverable, um, but definitely more of a traditional player's racket than the arrow. Uh, you know, just when thinking of like, uh, other classic rackets, I guess, um, I found it to have a little less control than the pure strike 98, of course, because obviously the, the smaller or the bigger head on, on that one. So, but yeah, I mean, overall very good racket. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And so for the pure strike 98, are the specs pretty much the same except for the head size? Is there anything else different? Like maybe the weight or anything? The weight's different. So you know, as you mentioned, if you go to a smaller head, you're going to get more maneuverability, more control, but you're trading off power and margin for error. So the 98 is going to give you a little more maneuverability and control. It's 10.8 ounces versus 10.6 because, you know, Butler's looking for a certain ease of swing. If it's a smaller head, you can make it a little heavier and you're not losing maneuverability. It's it's balancing that maneuverability and control aspect. If I make the racket too heavy, I get a lot of power, but I lose maneuverability. It's finding that right balance. Gotcha. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, I mean, the 98, uh, well, I gave you the summary of the, the 100 for the pure strike. The 98, that was probably my more, uh, was my favorite racket in the pure strike line uh, as of now. I've really found a lot of great control with that, uh, you know, very maneuverable. Uh, traditional feel um, and it you know it, it felt more accurate to me than the 100 and, and like Alan said the trade-off was that when I played with the 100 I felt like I definitely didn't have to give as much I guess effort per se but when I had the 98 I yeah, I know I love the control but I felt like I really had to be a little more um, you know uh, I guess uh, technically sound uh, with that one um, but yeah I definitely liked that a lot and I was super close to switching to that but then i tried the pure arrow vs and then uh yeah i think just the vs is you know uh, more my cup of tea overall slightly um oh and then the pure strike team uh alan is that uh that is that i guess probably lighter than than both of the previous pure strikes you mentioned right so the pure strike team is 100 square inches so the pure strike one, you get the pure strike BS in two weights at a 98. That's our most controlled. A little more powerful, we have the pure strike 16 by 19 or 18 by 20, and those are differences in string pattern, both 98s at 10.8 ounces. The pure strike 100 is 10.6, and the lighter version of the pure strike 100 is the pure strike team at 10.1. And that's the whole idea is that, let's say, you just want something lighter. So... A little more, a little more maneuverability. You're okay with giving up a little power. There you go. I can't really mention the name, but we were trying to sign a pro player. So 
I get a call from our guy uh, who works with the pro player. He said, look, you need to give me a string machine. We're going to try to sign this guy. They fly a guy out literally from France to sign this guy. He was running the previous line of pure strikes. They had to take the rate down for his racket to 10-2. I can't tell you the guy's name, but he's a huge hitter. So he liked a hybrid racket, a strike, and a lighter weight. So things have really changed. You know, back in the 80s, which is my high school days, <laughs> I'm giving you my, my age up a little bit. You know, it was all about weight. You know, Pete Sampras on the Agassi, 14-ounce racket. I think the Agassi was at 13.9 in an oversized racket, a 110 racket. And I think because of the speed of the game and, uh, and the rackets effect, the rackets are more responsive. People are going to lighter rackets, bigger heads. But back in the day, it was all about weight. Now it's all about you finding the right weight for you. And it doesn't necessarily, heavy weight doesn't necessarily mean you're a better player. It's just finding that right balance for you and your swing. Right, right, exactly. And I agree with that totally. And so, yeah, I mean, those are the rackets I tried. I'm, um, one thing I want to ask you too, I guess kind of like a, uh, a hypothetical case, and I know you obviously you gave us some awesome advice on how to choose a racket, but let's say we have an, an audience member who's like a 4.0 player and, you know, they, they like getting their uh, demos, you know, maybe online or something like that. So for somebody who's like a 4.0 adult player, um, you know, what, what would you, what, what, what rackets would you recommend that person try out? I, I really like the team line, the team weight. Mm-hmm. So you know, the team pure drive and the team and, and the team pure arrow are really for pure power or power and spin. I like those. I do like the strike also. You just find what works best for your swing. So I like those rackets a lot. Uh, if you're playing more doubles and you and with a little punchier swing, you know, I like the Pure Drive 107. Hmm. And then you want to try the regular Pure Drive and Pure Arrow and then work those around. It's really an amazing thing because Bob Lott has six of the top 10 selling rackets. Hmm. And if you take eight of the Bob, the Bob Lott's top selling rackets, it's over 32% of the market. It's been an amazing run. Sure. And in that line are the lighter rackets like a pure drive team and like a pure arrow team they're part of it awesome stuff um and uh <laughs> i mean another we already learned you know close to your age but uh what racket do you use i use the pure arrow plus wow nice so plus stands for a half inch longer so when you add length to a racket you get more power especially on serves but also ground strokes but you lose some maneuverability so Pure Arrow Plus users would be like uh, Joe Wilfried Sanga, Sam Query. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she's quite a good bit player, Vanya King out of Long Beach. Mm. Uh, Bouchard has been in the Pure Drive Plus. She just went back to the Pure Arrow Plus and the Pink Cosmetic. So Pure Arrow, you know, I've been tracking Plus users, and it really has risen quite a lot. It wasn't very much eight years ago. Now it's maybe 40% on the women's side, where it's almost zero before. It's almost half and half on the men's side. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and obviously, you know, like rackets like the, I guess I'll choose the, the the Pure Drive has had a fairly long lineage. But, I mean, what would you say are some, some uh, of the changes, like substantial changes that have happened in the Pure Drive line 
uh, from its inception till now? Well, I think the challenge always is the challenge with an elliptical racket. So an elliptical racket basically is shaped like an airplane wing. So an airplane wing is not only light, it's strong and it cuts the air better. So if you look at the shape of a pure drive, it's kind of a rounded airplane shape. The pure arrow is created even for more spin. So it has an airplane shape, but it's almost like a blade. So that will cut the air even faster. So that elliptical beam creates great power and maneuverability, but it doesn't flex and it's not a softer feeling feel as like a box frame. Any rectangular frame is going to flex more. Mm. So what you, what you need to do with an elliptical racket is work on dampening, trying to give better feel. Part of it's reducing the low vibration frequencies that you get when you hit with these rackets. That's where dampeners themselves have become popular to reduce the, the string sound, but also the frame sound. Mm-hmm. So we've been working a lot with Cortex in the handle of the racket to help the feel. So that's evolved as we go. You're going to find a new Cortex agent in the new Pure Drive, which is a little caveat for you. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a new Pure Drive, not the whole line, but there'll be a new Pure Drive that will come out for US Open. Sweet. It will be in a similar cosmetic, but it's a beautifully, you know, beautiful looking racket in a kind of a racing blue. It's very beautiful. And I hit with it and not only was it reducing vibration to, to my feel, but actually re- vibration to my arm. So it was not only a more powerful racket, but a more comfortable racket, giving me great power in spin. What's also happened really with all the Bala rackets one of the reasons why the pure drive was so popular to start with is that 16 by 19 pattern, which we're very comfortable with now, was really kind of revolutionary because all the other patterns were denser. What we learned was we had a connected rack. It's called a play rack. We still have it. That would give you feedback that could tell you because of the gyroscope and the sensors and the battery and the handle and the motherboard what was going on with how many forehands and backhands you hit, not only your swing speed, but where you were hitting. And what we learned is for people hitting topspin shots, forehand, backhand, and serves, that they actually hit slightly above center. So we raised the sweet spot up on all our rackets, which the sweet spot's already big on our on a bottom line. It's the biggest in the industry. This is now a little bit higher, so your sweet spot's a little bit higher. So that sweet spot was raised higher, and the pattern was built around making it even more comfortable. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome that you guys are, you know, constantly testing and finding out what needs to be adjusted and things like that. So that's, that's fantastic. Um, and so, you know, with strings, uh, definitely actually, you know what, I want to ask you one more question about frames before we switch to strings, which is how long do frames normally last before they decline in performance? Because I mean, I have, uh, you know, <laughs> well, I, I might give them away, but one of my best buddies, he, has had the pure control, I think, for like 12 or 15 years. It's really insane. And he's a good player, but he's still playing with them. And so I was just wondering if there's like nor- a normal or general age where- by which these frames like start to like decline where we need to definitely switch rackets. Well, I think you need to have a heart-to-heart with them, maybe over coffee that you know, it's to let go. You know, it's going to be hard. You can cry a little bit. <laughs> but it's tough. You know what I mean? It- it's funny. It's funny because, you know, sports, unfortunately, is not a business, but I would go 
do some clinics with their sports related people, and they really work to educate their people. They weren't really tennis players. And what I would tell them is this, you know, tennis is like no other sport. And I'm going to tangent here, but fortunately you're giving me a lot of time. My daughter played basketball when she was young and she was terrible, but her team would still win because the rest of the team was good. In tennis, if you're terrible, you lose and there's nowhere to hide. It's very personal. Tennis, I love tennis because it's so one-on-one and combative in that sense. You're in control. You're always in the action. I love that aspect. But what also means is when people come to talk to you about their rackets and when people make racket choices, that's your weapon of choice. It's a very personal choice. And that's why it's hard for your friend to let go because this has been his, his sword, his weapon of choice for these 12 years. Mm -hmm. So forgive me for that long tangent, but that's one understanding of why it's hard for him to let go. So coming back to that, actually the surprising thing is the hardest thing you do to a racket is not play with it. Mm. It's to string it. Uh. There's an uneven amount of pressure on your frame. So you want to look at number of string jobs before you restring. Obviously, the, the, the racket he's chosen, he's probably restrung it a lot, and it's a softer frame because the pure control is now the pure strike DS. It's a box frame, softer frame. So it is time for him to go. Bobon actually developed a machine called an R- a racket diagnostic center, RDC machine, that actually measures the flex of a racket. So if you have someone who could show him the, the current flex of this racket, it would be a little bit, it might help him to see, wow, this racket's really softened up a lot. Wow. So the RA measurement that you get on a racket, which measures the stiffness at a throat, it comes from that machine and its development. So think about number of string jobs. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And what what was the name of that machine again? It's the Racket Diagnostic Center. They Got call it. them RDC machines. Got it. Right. So they will actually even measure the string bed deflection, your swing weight, where the balance is. It really was a tool to sell new rackets. People now use them to customize rackets. Nice. And so basically my friend, uh, he would just go to the center and then try out the um, – uh, you know, have the the test and then just compare it with what the original specs were, and then that's how he would find out how it's changed. Well, and that's the thing. That the great thing, what I've liked about the European perspective is, I'm not trying to sell you a mass market, hey, you have to use this string because it's the latest, greatest. The whole point is to educate you so you can decide what works best for you to customize it. So he can go in there and kind of measure and really see, and really, Part of the deal is he can say, okay, I like, I like the racket in this spec range. What's in that spec range? Mm-hmm. So, and usually for some of your people out there who are figuring what they want, once you kind of narrow it down, then it's going to be easier for you to find what you like because you have a better feel for it. Same thing when you're figuring out stringing. You might know, have to, you know, burn or cut out a string job that didn't quite work for you because it wasn't best for you. 
But once you figure it out, now you're getting the best performance. Excellent stuff. Um, and so, yeah, Alan, I mean, now I just want to talk about uh, strings with you for a bit. Um, the RPM Blast Rough, like I mentioned, um, you know, thanks for sending me uh, some of those. And I really, I mean, this string is fantastic. I mean, I've I've previously been using um, the uh, Vocal Cyclone, which is, you know, a great value string. Um, but the RPM Blast Rough, I just, um, it kind of, it definitely enhanced the spin, in my opinion. I mean, it's, uh, you know, as as the name is rough, you know, that's generally associated with more spin. Um, and, and yeah, so the spin was great and the control as well. And uh, amazingly, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know if this is like a byproduct of the racket as well as the string, but it held uh, amazing tension. I mean, I was super busy, uh, you know, a couple of months ago with... Uh, uh, hosting uh, the world's first uh, tennis technique summit, and then I I didn't play you know that much you know maybe like once a week or something twice a week, and so uh, you know I didn't restring it for uh, a couple months, but you know it felt great still. I mean, in previous strings and and my previous racket, it was it would get loose after a little while, but I mean it just played really well unexpectedly. Um, you know after being in the string bed for a while, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, great control, um, and it just goes great with the racket. Uh, but, you know, do you have any other, I guess, if you could tell us some other insight about that string, that would be awesome. Well, let, let's set a context for it first. I mean, I think polyester strings, you know, originally started out, you know, as a control story. You know, really gave control and spin. You know, Quertin kind of made them popular, and then Agassi along with that. In RPM itself, the, the precursor to RPM Rough came out in black. And you had Nadal and Steve Oni both win the French Open using that string. And it really kind of exploded. RPM currently is the number one selling string on the market, which is surprising because it's really only four gauges versus another string which come in four gauges in you know, six different colors. But it's done quite well because of the control that you can spin that you get with polyester. You know, the tricky thing about any polyester is that, you know, tension maintenance on polyester, to your point, is not typically very good. You shift about 20 hours, you've lost half your tension. Mm -hmm. A multi-filament, which is a gut-like playing product, 15 to 25%, guts about 5 to 10% after 20 hours. So the goal with that that RPM is eight-sided, but it's not rough, but the sides are rounded to create more slipping. So the tricky thing, when people think about rough, they think the texture of the string creates spin, and that's not really the case. So it's not how rough the surface is, but how well it slips. So RPM's eight-sided, has a silicone coating, it slips better. Rough is just like RPM, same material, but it's also textured. It actually has, and interesting enough, it has the Bobolot logo in it, and that, that texture helps it to slip better, and it's also softer. We have an RPM team, which is injected with air, which is about 15% softer than RPM. The RPM rough is even softer than that. So it creates better spin, and it's softer, which I think, to your point, is exactly what the market is asking for now. And besides that, it comes in cool colors. So it comes in black, which looks cool, but it comes in a floral floral yellow which matches the pure arrow or floral red which matches the pure strike line they're just cool colors besides the fact that they play well 
Yeah, definitely an amazing string. Just kind of a maybe a weird question, but you mentioned the cool colors, and I uh, tried the yellow of the string, and then pink. I have heard from a couple people that you know that um, pink is actually uh, the softest color for the string, and then uh, softest as far as like feel, and then uh, yellow is in the middle, and then black is in is like uh, I guess the more uh, the least soft, I guess, um, from one of my friends. So what, I mean, is that, is there any truth to that or are they just all the same, no matter what the color is? You know, I don't know specifically the RPM rule, so I can't comment accurately on that, but in the past, sometimes when you colored strings, they did play differently. So, you know, potentially that's true. I'd have to find out more, but in the past with Paul Weising, when they colored them versus a non-colored, you'd see a difference in playability. Typically, you know, the, the stiffer, the darker color would be stiffer. I haven't heard that so much in RPM Roth, but I'm not sure. It's really been an amazing run for us because, uh, as you know, there's a ton of strings on the market, and there's some very aggressive competitors out there at lower price points. But Bobot really, you know, we make our own string. So Guts made you know, in the, in the southern part of France, near actually where the cows are that they take it from. It takes about intestine and a half of a cow to make one set of gut, and it takes a month to make the gut. And we have different grades of it. Um, Addiction XL, which are multi-filaments, are mainly owned in our factory. Uh, all, most good polyesters are made in Germany, so they've got machines that we, in Germany, that we make our, our RPM and rough on and finish. I think rough's made in, in Germany. It might be might be elsewhere, but I think it's Germany. And then it comes to, to France to be finished. So it's all about watching that process and, and making sure it's right. So you get the right quality. Awesome. And so just, you know, I know I'm asking another color question, but any idea why it might differ? Like if it does, like, I mean, is this just like the paint or something? Or is that, let me do you know anything about that. There's different pigments that go into it, yeah. I mean, there's different to, to color it, so there's, that's more of a challenge there. But I'm not as sure exactly why, so I can't comment on that accurately. Sure, yeah, no, no worries. Um, good stuff. The second string that I tried it was a hybrid package, which is awesome, which is the RPM Blast and I think VS Touch, I believe. But Correct. yeah, c- can you uh, kind of describe, you know, the uh, just both those strings and the, and the hybrid option? So a polyester is going to give you spinning control, but not tension maintenance. And it's going to be a little harder on your arm. That's why it's always a big concern for your players who decide to go old polyester that they really be careful on, on the effect on their arm because it is a stiffer surface. They are making you know, RPMs of co-poly, so they're putting on the materials to make it softer, but it's still a stiffer material. Gut is a very powerful um, flexible and well has great tension maintenance. So when you pair those together, when you create a hybrid, you kind of get the best of both worlds. Kind of like if you like candy, Reese's peanut butter cup, if you like chocolate and peanut butter, they're both together. Sorry to go there. Your audience, it's, and you might not know. I'm, I'm is, allergic to peanuts, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you're missing out a lot. But anyway, <laughs> the point being is that, and, and when you use a hybrid, whatever you put in the main string, that's the vertical string, that's going to be the most effective, most responsive element. So that element would be, you put RPM in the main, you're going to get better spin and control. 
but the gut will help you with power and tension maintenance. If you put the gut in the main, you'll get more power, not as much spin and control, but better durability than you would normally get with gut. Mm. So that's your trade-off. The interesting thing is I had a dealer of mine go and string at the Australian Open for two weeks. That's a long run, by the way. And he was saying that a lot of the pros were hybriding because they liked that combination. And this is important for your audience to understand. They're not doing that combination because they're going to keep that string job for a while. Those string jobs, really 20, 30 minutes, they're done after that. But they're doing it for the playability aspect. Hmm. Other players, like a rough Nadal, prefer all polyester for the control aspect and because of his high spin rate. Uh, you know, a player like Jack Sock uses all poly, but strings it quite loose. He's around 37 right now in his racket for, you know, getting some of that power back and also for ease on his arm. So it's all finding that right blend for you. If you're not a fast swinger, you don't create a lot of spin. You don't really need the control aspect of the, of the polyester. Go to a multi-filament or if you can afford it, go to gut because you're going to get the best playability over the lifetime of your string job. So it's all about finding that right blend, and that's where it's got, got polyester, and you've got multi-filaments and cut, and then you've got hybrid, which is right in between. That's one of the reasons why when we first started talking about rackets, I really wanted you to try different strings because it makes such a difference in how the rackets play. Mm-hmm. And, and understand, it's important that we understand product, but it's important that at the end of the day, you get a lot of enjoyment about how that racket plays. So how it swings, how the how the stringing is, all that is designed around you getting the right performance. So you're really enjoying your time playing tennis, which is an awesome sport. Oh yeah, it's uh, best in the world in my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, no, thanks. I agree. So, yeah, me too. And thanks so much for that insight. I guess uh, yeah, interesting thing for me was. Um, Previous to the Aero Pro in uh, 2012, I I played with a Yonix, and I actually preferred a, uh, a hybrid situation. Uh, so that's what I did. And then when I switched to the Aero Pro and I did the same hybrid uh, setup, it just I don't know I didn't have enough control with the with the Aero Pro, so I went to full hybrid, and then that was a lot better for me. And so same thing with the Pure Aero, I, I did. Uh, I, I favored the RPM blast rough, uh, uh, the full bed over, over anything else. Just uh, you know, with that. But um, so. well, you know, part of that is the the pure arrow. In general, Bobla rackets tend to be a little bit more powerful, more responsive, and so when you put a polyester in that, it's going to be give it a little more control. And really, polyester changed the game because because of the added control. You had hard swingers like an Agassi, and even like Pete Sampras now using RPM at 66 pounds and a pure control. They have to tube the rack. It's amazing. It gives these fast swingers so much more control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why you like it. And, and this rack, and I don't know which Yonex model you were in, that might have mm-hmm. been have a little more feel and control, but not as much power as the pure. That's my guess, but I don't know right. the model. Yeah, super spot on is a RDS uh, 001, which is uh, the actually also yellow and uh, mainly yellow and some black. And uh, now Bandon used that back in the day. And yes, it was definitely. Mm-hmm. And if you can believe it, I I use a ninety square inch, um, so that's definitely smaller than I guess most people. But um, very control oriented, so I did need that a uh, bit more feeling power with the uh, with the gut in there, um, which has changed obviously with the pure pure arrow. 
and yeah, so so with the RPM blast and VS Touch, I I favored that one more in the in the Pure Strike, um, and uh, really, you know, I, I liked it. You know, for, for me, um, it had more. I think it had more power for me. It still had good control, uh, pretty good spin. Not as much as with the RPM uh, Blast Rough, of course. Uh, had a bit of a softer feel than the RPM Blast Rough. Um, but overall, you know, very good. And I think, like Alan said, if you want some more uh, power in the mix of, of both best of both worlds, definitely try that string out because that's that's a great one. And also for the setup for um, uh, for both those strings, I I strung it at fifty two pounds uh, uh, electric. So yeah, um, that was that. And so what what are some other strings that we might not have mentioned uh, that are pretty popular in, in Babolat's line? Let's, well, let's talk about two things. You, know, you mentioned electric machines. Right. So Babolat traveled with the Pro Tour in the 1980s, basically, I think, till about 2000. They traveled for about 20 years with the Pro Tour, and that's part of where they developed, you know, an intimate knowledge of rackets in in you know weight balance and how to lay up brackets and all that, but they were also the first ones to develop an electric machine. Mm-hmm. So for your customer, electric machines, Baba was the first one to create this electric machine, gives you a more accurate tension and they elongate the string better. So a crank machine is when you crank it and there's no, it's not plugged in, there's no electricity. They swing about mm, 10% lower and you're talking about how hard it is, to, you know, hard how hard stringing is on a racket. Typically, the mounting system on the electric machines are ten points. In other words, it holds it on more places on the head, so there's less uh, fatigue to the head when you string on an electric machine. So it's a better string job, more accurate, holds tension better, and it's easier on your racket. So if you can go to someone who uses an electric stringer, you're going to get a better string job. It's not as popular in the U.S. to have electric stringers just because they are more expensive. So that's where you see less of them here, whereas in Europe, you'd see mostly electrical stringers. So that's, that's one aspect. Other strings to consider are strings like Bob Lutz Excel string, which we make in Leon. It's a multi-filament, which means gut is, a, is made up of about a 1,000 Strands. There's more than that, but basically it's strands of, of material, and those material, as it breaks, it frays, but it holds tension well, and you kind of kind of know. So a multi-filament is made like gut with different different types of gluing agents that can make it softer or stiffer. Excel is really made for a player who's looking for good tension maintenance, good feel, but a little crisper feel. So the gluing agents, the PUs and PAs for that are different than another string we have called Addiction. Addiction is softer and will be a more comfortable power story. So if you had an arm issue or you just want a little bit more response, typically for a slower swing, you're going to like Addiction. Excel is typically for a four and above player who has a faster swing is going to notice tension loss more quickly. And of course, guts the top of the line that was the best of all worlds right there. But those are definitely strings to consider. You know, I really appreciate you mentioning RPM Rough, which has been a big hit for us despite this, you know, crowded marketing and strings. 
Yeah, no, no worries. Yeah, I mean, just a fantastic lineup of choices, so many. (laughs) But um, it's very helpful for you to kind of talk about all of them. So to help the audience uh, pick the best ones. One other thing about you, you mentioned the tension, uh, you know, the uh, pressure on the racket and the 10-point mounting system and and things like that. Um, Say if we're stringing on a crank machine, I'm curious – how can we reduce tension? Uh, I'm sorry, like, you know, pressure on the racket. Like, for example, when stringing the mains, uh, is it better to string, you know, two on one, two uh, uh, grommets on one side and then two on the other versus like stringing the one side and the other? Or like, what what are some tips to kind of reduce the pressure on the racket? Well, yeah, you don't want to go more than three, but if you can do one to two a side, it's better because it keeps the pressure more even. Mm. And, you know, if you go to do the United States Racket Association and look at their guidelines, they definitely prefer that. Same thing with that is to, if, if the mains tie off at the bottom, to string it at the two-piece, so you're starting at the top of the racket down versus the bottom up because it, the tip is, you know, going to be the softest part of the racket. So they would recommend a two-piece on rackets that tie off at the bottom. Mm. So... Both those are big concerns. I mean, the stringer and your stringing surface is so important that you get accurate advice and from people that know you. Vavla really is concerned about the tennis pro shop and being there. We've got great support on the internet. We appreciate those dealers and the information they provide and services they provide. But you want to be involved in a tennis pro if you can, who can help you evaluate but also with a good pro shop and streaming service that can give you accurate information and help you refine the process as you, you know, figuring out the string and string tension you want. Going to string tension for your audience, the higher I string, the more control I get, the lower I string, the more power I get. What you're seeing is lower tensions on the pro tour because they're using a very stiff material, polyester strings, so you can string that lower and not lose as much control because the string is already a control string. So that's what you're seeing. There are a few anomalies. The guys who string super high, like a curios, because he hits the ball so super hard. So he's an anomaly because he's just such an incredible athlete. But typically, that's that's the trade-off. You're finding the right string tension and the right string materials to use on your racket. Right, yeah, great point, and um, you know, great compliment episode to what uh, Alan is talking about uh, on the Tennis Files podcast is uh, episode eighteen with Tim Strawn, who's a master racket technician. Yeah, that's a great one for a lot of other uh, tips on stringing and things like that, uh, and strings as well. And uh, as Alan said as well, you know, if you see a sign that says USRSA certified or whatnot. That's the United States Racket Stringers Association. So it's always good if you see, a, you know, go to a pro shop and somebody is certified, then they really, you know, know their stuff, obviously, if they're a part of that organization. Um, so that's great. Um, and it's a similar kind of um, hypothetical for you. And this might be, you know, maybe it's the answer is it depends. I don't know. But what string would you recommend, let's say, a 4.0 adult player? use and and how might this recommendation vary with other parameters like age or type of player etc well it really depends on style of play you know i would i would put that some i mean i can be a 4-0 player 
and when with finesse in control, be a retriever. So I'm not only swinging fast, but I'm controlling the ball well. You're probably better off on a string that produces more power and feel, like a multi-filament Excel or gut, or potentially a hybrid with the gut or multi-filament in the main. If I'm a 4-0 player and I'm swinging like fast and I'm trying to create a lot of spin and I want more control, I would recommend a copoly like an RPM or an RPM rough at a little lower tension for better control and ease on the arm. If that was a little not responsive enough, you could go to a hybrid with the with the polyester on the main and the gut or multifilament on the cross string. Gotcha. Great stuff, Alan. And also, um, I mean, obviously there's also different gauges, which I guess we haven't talked too much about uh, today, if at all. Um, but, you know, there's, uh, I guess there's a 15L, 16, 17, 18 gauge. I mean, how should we be uh, figuring out how to choose between those gauges and what do they even mean? Well, let's start out with how incredibly confusing gauges are. Okay, <laughs> so the gauges are... It's a plumber's measurement. So there's a diameter that the string can fit into. So the higher the number, the thinner the string. You would think the opposite, right? But that's why 18 is the thinnest gauge. There are even some 19 polys. We don't make any, but there's some RPM doesn't come in 18, does come in 18. But typically, the thinner gauge will give you a little, it's a little less material, it's a little softer. It will give you a little more spin if it's a poly, a little more feel if it's a multi-filament or a gut. So if I don't break strings a lot, I can go to a thinner gauge and get better feel and potentially spin if it's a polyester. If I break strings a lot, I go to a thicker gauge for durability, but I'll sacrifice some feel and some spin, you know, but I do gain a little more control. So um, Rafa Nadal used a 15-gauge string, 15 RPM. Who would I recommend that for? Not many people. But he hits, you know, 5,000 RPM on his forehand. There's only a few guys like that. So, you know, when you go up in gauge, when you go, you know, when you go to 18, you get more feel and control. When you go to 15, you get more durability, more control, but less feel, less power. Excellent stuff, Alan. And so, I mean, gosh, with Rafa using the 15, is that... Do you think that's just because he's afraid of breaking the string, or do you think he actually yeah. prefers? Okay, I was wondering oh, yeah. if he actually might prefer the feel somehow of the fifteen, but I mean that's that's less feel. It, it, it might be the feel. He might get a little more control from that too. There's probably a control aspect of that also. Hmm. But I mean, he's amazing. I mean, polyester in, in general. Someone using an old polyester, they're really made for someone who breaks strings in eight hours, which is incredible in its own right. But a guy like Nadal can break strings. 15, 20 minutes. Hmm. You know, part of the reason what you're going to see when you're watching the pros on the tour is they tend to change strings with the ball change. Mm -hmm. Because even after that 20, 30 minutes, there's been some tension loss and potentially the risk of breaking a string. They don't want to lose at one point because their string broke. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, What's one thing about strings that players get wrong the most when they're trying to choose one or even, you know, use one? I think that rough creates spin. So you have a lot of mm-hmm. manufacturers come out with rough string or strings that have an edge to them. You know, that, there's no proof, there's no scientific proof that that makes a difference. It's really, it's really the slippage of the string. Now, if it's eight-sided like our RPM, it can slip better. 
uh, that having a slicker coating can help that. But it's really about the string material and the, the coating used to a certain extent the shape, but a, but a pointed shape won't move more. It's, it's not going to slip the same. You know, polyester sticks longer with the bone. That's why you can create more spin. And it's stiffer. That's where it gives you more control. Gotcha. Gotcha. So this might be a, kind of a weird question. It's a racket one. If you had to just choose one racket to represent the Babolat brand, <laughs> which one would you choose? Well, it's funny. It's funny you ask that because Babolat's kind of unique in, in a couple of ways. They're innovators and they really develop their own product. And they're really a product manufacturer versus some like corporate marketing agent. It's really about the product for them. They're very passionate about that. And Eric Boblin, who's a fifth generation founder, is very passionate. I mean, he, he sent me personally all over the world with the U.S. staff to France. And I've been to Mar- the Morantigo, you know, place that Ravina's trains and all this because he likes to share his passion for the game. Now, the funny thing about it is, you know, we'll make uh, Pure Driver, Pure Arrow for three years. And once it's done, we don't remake that racket. So they're always about what's next and what the innovation is. Therefore, RPM's the number one selling string. We still came out with an RPM rough because we're seeing, we're as an innovator, we're trying to see what's next in tennis and how can we be there. That's why we've made connected rackets and connected product because we think eventually people are going to want to know exactly what their dad is and exactly what they're doing in a seamless integrated way because we're kind of in that data age aren't we right i've got a watch that tells me my heart beats how many steps i took what my sleep was and i don't have to do anything about that it just tells me on its own and eventually there's going to be rackets like that and bob going to be at the forefront now in terms of favorite racket it's kind of tough because pure drive is the heritage racket it all started with that racket pure arrow is really kind of you know the the spin kind of modern looking racket, even though pure drive would be in that. And really the new pure strike is really the new trend in hybrid rackets. That's an all white racket. When did you ever think an all white racket would be this popular? <laughs> Seriously, who yeah. thought, I mean, a white racket. We actually, the funny thing about that, I'm going to take a tangent, but you're used to me by now. <laughs> you know, team was using that racket as a prototype and most prototypes are, bra- are black. We right. did it in white. And it was supposed to come out in its previous color, which was like a black and fluoro red, kind of a gray, cool-looking racket. In fact, our bag line, we only have one white bag because we weren't ready for this. The public demand for a white rack was so, so, so extreme that we had to change the cosmetic on the racket and make it white. It was really supposed to be those colors. That's one of the reasons why it's hard to find 16 by 19s because we had some that we had made that we couldn't sell anymore. Because people wanted white. And so listening to our customers, we started making white rackets. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I definitely kind of uh, gradually really liked the, the paint job um, on that one. And, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, I, college I went to UMBC, they're, they're yellow and black, though, so that makes me like the pure arrow lad itself. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm locked in. But, yeah. I mean, I'm just browsing on on uh, Balbet's site. And I, I saw this uh, solar bag. Have you heard of this solar bag uh, thing they're coming out with? The solar bag is awesome. So yeah, the it's solar ridiculous. bag, we haven't 
brought into the States yet because it's so expensive to get Damn. the licensee for it. So there's a lot more that goes into that product. So we have it. It's in our catalog. Right? It's in our catalog we give to dealers. Uh, we haven't been able to get all the approvals for that bag yet. So you'll see it in Europe. It's not here yet. And it kind of connects to our to our uh, connected product like the play racket and, and the pump that you can wear on your wrist where you they need to be recharged. So it was kind of stick out with that obviously recharge your phone too. So we're working on it. We just haven't got all the approvals for the US. Damn, yeah, it looks looks pretty cool with that. I mean, I guess you can charge stuff with the solar panel and that's kind of pretty crazy. Um, and then you, you mentioned the wearables, wearables a little bit, but what's, uh, you know, what choices do we have for the, the wearables with Bablat? We've got something called the Bablat Pop. The Pop device, a unique device because it weighs only 19 grams. So the device itself and the strap that you wear on your wrist can work with any racket and they will record on its own. All you have to do is turn the device on your forehands, backhands, power, spin, and fluidity of motion. You get a peak score for each one of your swings, and will also develop how many volleys uh, you've hit and your serve and serve speed. It will give you an overall average and your high speed for all the shots. And it records this by day, date, and time. With this device, you can compete within your group of friends or within the overall pop or play community. And you can send out challenges for specific shots or specific times that you've had. The app itself is available for free for Android phones and iPhone. So you can get that for free if you want to look and see what it does. You can also get at once results. You can go in the challenge mode and go under serves and do a challenge. And on your phone, you can do serve practice and see per shot how your serve's doing, or forehands, or backhands, or volleys, whatever it might be, you can get immediate results for how you're doing and see it on your phone, which I think is a pretty cool aspect. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Appreciate you letting us know about that too. Definitely, um, for those who want to, you know, dive deep into their their game and stuff, that is always useful. You know, I always recommend to the audience to do things like videotape themselves playing, and so this is just another way to kind of, you know, analyze your game and, and try to improve based on what's going on. Uh, so that's fantastic. And I also wanted to ask you, uh, Alan, about the uh, new uh, app from Babylat, which looks pretty uh, cool. I actually just downloaded it myself. But, I mean, just uh, wanted you to give maybe just a brief, like, overview of, well, I guess, first off, what is the name of the app? It's called the Babylon app, just Babylon app. Nice, nice. And then so... so Babylon. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh no, sorry about interrupting you. Uh, and then, so what's the, uh, I guess, the main like purpose or functionality of the app? Well, it's really a way to bring the tennis community together, you know, and for us to share our passion for tennis, and that really always has been the goal of Babla. I mean, Eric Babla has been very great about helping some people like me, really all over the world. I was in China, as we talked about to see how rackets and shoes were made. I went to France to see how the string was made. And he's very passionate about his brand and just about tennis in general. And they, they want to share that. This app helps people to share that. Where, you know, there's really four, possibly five things you can do on the app. You know, one is you can record your tennis data. So 
keep track of your matches, your training, things like that. You know, there's also a place that's kind of like a Facebook where you can post, you know, feedback, you know, you can see how people are doing. And that, that was a very interesting part of that. You know, it's a digital club where you're sharing, you know, there's going to be exclusive privileges where people can find out more about Babalod and the product they develop and what they do behind the scenes at tournament. It's more of a newsroom where you can pick out certain pros you want to follow on the tour and you'll get information on how they're doing. The fifth part you really won't get into unless you have a connected device like a racket or a pop. You can, you know, see more accurately how you're doing in terms of how many forwards and backings you're hitting, the racket speed, the spin, you know, how often you're playing and when. Record all that by day, date, and time. So you can get connected with it, but it's also kind of like a way for the tennis community to connect and to share their passion about tennis. Yeah, it's definitely pretty cool. Like I said, I downloaded it and I, I saw there were some uh, videos posted. I think mostly of Rafa and also some. I think there was like an exclusive tour or something like that. And I saw Team on there. Um, and there's like a place uh, that you can, you know, put in your records and stuff, and you can get points. So it, it definitely seems pretty cool and a lot of fun. And I mean, I was talking to uh, Eva briefly, uh, who's a you know great person uh, with with Babalat and uh, a marketing uh, rep, I believe. And so she mentioned that um, you know it's it's a great tool because sometimes if you're you know you're on Facebook, uh, you know not all your friends are tennis fans. Um, so when you go on this app, all of a sudden you're just connected with all tennis people. Um, so that's definitely a great advantage of of this app. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a great job in marketing for and it really is a way to really share that passion, you know, whereas other people might not understand as well, but to share that passion and, and show that passion about how you're doing and your feed and to get information about the players, it's kind of like your own news feed for yourself. You can personalize it. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And I definitely think people should, uh, you know, check it out. If you're a tennis fan, obviously it has like tennis content on there and that's always uh, just great to be immersed in the game. So uh, where can we get the uh, Babalot app? It's a free app. You can you can download it in the iTunes store or the Google store if you have an Android. So it's a free app for anyone who wants it. Just a way for Babalot to kind of, yeah, it's just kind of a way for Babalot to share their passion for the game. And to me, speaks to Babalot as an innovator in, in, in racket sports because data and understanding your data is really the way of the future, not just for tennis, but all sports. I mean, I've watched a, a Garmin that will tell me how many steps I'm taking or automatically adjust them according to how active I am. It's, you know, measuring how often I'm in the right heart rate zone. And it does this so intuitively, but that data kind of helps me know how I'm doing each week. And the same thing's really true for tennis. You know, data has become more and more of an issue as these, these pros on the tour study patterns and figure out their opponents. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm actually playing around with it on my phone now, and there's even like a calendar where you can add, you know, like uh, I guess like if you played or practiced or trained and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, definitely pretty cool. Um, oh, and also what type of racket would you? I know you need like a Babalat Play connected racket, but are there uh, like multiple models of that or is there just one right now? There's two models. There's the Pure Drive Play and there's a Pure Arrow Play. And there's a pure drive, actually three models, and a pure drive light play. 
So there's three models you can choose from. You also make a pop device, which you can wear on your wrist, so you can use it with any racket, any racket brand. The play will be more accurate because it has, you know, sensors in the handle of the racket over against just your wrist that will measure also where you're hitting on the racket surface. So you can tell for your forehand or backhand tossing and slice shots where you're hitting on the racket surface, which really helped Bob uh, design their rackets to another level because they were finding for tossing shots and serves, people actually hit a little bit above sweet spot. Flatter shots and slice tends to be more center. Awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, I mean, tracking data is uh, is definitely huge. And I mean, especially when you get on the elite levels, but I mean, even at our levels, it can really help so much. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, like I'm clicking around here and you, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things you can really add your details and definitely looks like a lot of fun, especially if you like to keep track of what you're doing. So definitely appreciate you uh, mentioning, uh, you know, talking about the app and it, it looks like you can also access it at uh app.bobalot.com so um sweet thanks a lot uh yeah for talking about that one alan oh you got it so alan what uh what sources would you recommend to our audience uh to kind of help them enhance their knowledge of uh tennis rackets and th- uh, strings and things like that well find a quality your, your best source is going to be a quality local pro shop there's also some great online resources which do their own testing so you're going to see some great video reviews with the different internet companies. You know, a video review, as any review, is going to have its own biases, but you'll kind of get their feel for it. You know, I would read the bios on the players that are giving the reviews so you kind of know their perspective. Um, USRSA does some general you know, um, things about the rackets. But locally, find a coin pro shop, internet-wise, There's some great internet deals that will give you video in, you know, written uh, correspondence on what the the rackets do. And they've got some great in-line help in your local tennis pro. I mean, a guy that knows your game and knows you. One of the reasons why Bobot wants to support not only their internet dealers, but the local pro shop is that's the guy that knows you. That's the guy that's going to string your racket. He's going to learn about your game and get the feedback for you. And typically that local specialized shop that person has spent 20 to 30 years knowing and loving tennis that really are concerned about you finding what you like best and that's really important to Bob as a premium brand and really as an innovator product so we want to make sure our customers giving the best service and getting the best pleasure out of their tennis experience definitely yeah no definitely never hurts to uh seek out the advice and help of um you know qualified experts so that's awesome um so one one question i love to ask um all my guests uh is this is what's one piece of advice that you can give our audience on how they can improve our tennis games and you know this can optionally be racket or string related so really up to you one piece of advice i have to limit to one you don't have to you can give a couple if you like <laughs> i i would Get a team of experts to help you. You're part of that equation, obviously, with what you give and the information you give to help people with equipment and strings. That's critical. You know, that's, that is, that's your race car. You know, get the right racket, get the right engine, which is your string, and really get the right tires, which is your grip. You know, as a tennis pro, when I was teaching, people would come up and their grips would be all torn up. It would drive me crazy. 
I would make, I would literally just change their grip right there because if you can't grip the racket, you're going to lose control. So make sure your racket stays in perfect shape. So once you've strung it, don't string it and forget it. You know, as many times as you play in a week, restring your racket. So be aware of your racket, be aware of your string, be aware of your grip. Secondly, footwear. When you start to wear the tread out on the shoe, replace your shoes, please. Because if you worn out the tread, you probably wore out the support of the shoe. It's time to replace. That is your tires, right? That's what you move on, especially with today's game as being as fast as it is. Change your shoes, you know, and that's a whole other category that we can talk about. But be aware shoes have changed. Before, shoes were about durability and support, which is our propulsed fury. Gives you great support if you're a hard mover. It's a great shoe. But also the lightweight story, jet the jet shoe, which Bala makes, is one of the lightest shoes out and got named best overall lightweight shoe by Tennis Magazine, is another story if you're looking for being faster on the court. Do you need to move fast or do you need support and you know, durability for a hard mover? It really depends on the player. But footwear is a critical choice also in your equipment. You know, We could even go into apparel, but that's a whole other category. All those are important. And do those with the help of people like you and your local pro shop. And, you know, if you can get, you know, regular lessons, that's also helpful just because, you know, it's a physician heal thyself type of thing. There's certain things that you just won't be able to see that will help you. So, I mean, I could go a long time on that, but those are all real important concerns. Awesome. I definitely appreciate that piece of advice. And gosh, when you mentioned grip, I mean, I know we could talk for 10 hours on, on, on all the, you know, awesome equipment you guys have, but, uh, I guess real quick question on grips. Like, uh, what, um, what grips do you recommend, uh, from, from your line? Cause I know you guys have a bunch and I've used some. So what you're looking at with grips, you've got to make a choice. You can either replace the grip. They're called replacement grips. So when your grip starts to tear, you start to see a wear out in the cover, it's time to replace it. Whether it's where your hand is or at the end of the racket, replace it. Um, so with those grips, you can get a thinner one, which is called skin feel for us. We put that on our high-performance racket, more in the hybrid pure strike category. Those grips are a little thinner. And a thinner grip is going to give you a better feel for the bevels in the racket and for if you make grip changes. Uh, a grip with more cushion is going to be more comfortable and easier on your hand. So that would be the Syntec Pro that comes on the Pure Drive and Pure Arrow. Uh, another more economical use and will help to build up the racket handle a little bit are overgrips. So the the Pure, so the Pro Tour overgrips is both tacky and absorbent. So if you want a tacky feel but you want more absorbent, that's a good way to go. In fact, let me back up a second. What you want to consider when you're choosing grips is the, you know, the thickness, one, which will, you know, the thinner the grip, more feel, better feel for the bevels, the thicker, more comfort. On an overgrip that will build your grip up, some are thinner, some are thicker. Some grips are super tacky, which is going to really help you grip the racket better. Some grips are more absorbent. Mm-hmm. And so if you sweat a lot or if you're in a region where you're going to sweat a lot because it's just humid there, you'll typically want a more absorbent grip. So the VS grip, which is what Rafa uses, is a thin grip, so it won't build up the grip very much, and it's absorbent and kind of tacky. 
The Pro Tour grip is a thicker grip, so it will last longer and more tacky. And then we have a Pro Tacky that's the tackiest. So what you're trying to find with the grip is what do you need? Do you need absorption? Do you need tacky or do you need something in between them like the Pro Tour? Awesome. Sweet. Thanks, Alan. I didn't want to let you go before I got uh, some great advice on the grip. So that's great. That's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously just uh, amazing, you know, advice from you and stuff and, and also great, uh, you know, summary of all the many of the Balbler products. Um, where can we follow you and also uh, Bablat? Bablat has, has a Facebook that you can connect to. And uh, we'd love to hear from you on the Bobolot Facebook and you can learn about our latest pro- products. We're developing Bobolot.com, which is going to have much more information on it about our product and be more interactive. That's really ongoing and should be at a nice level by the end of this year. Sweet. That's awesome, Alan. Well, you know, you've given us so much of your time today and I really appreciate it. And I just want to thank you so much for uh, coming on to the show and, you know, thank you for all your you know amazing efforts and hard work and, um, you know, promoting, uh, tennis and teaching tennis players and promoting, you know, great, great band, uh, brand like Babolat, which, you know, I'm not just saying this cause you're on the show. I mean, I've used, you know, a ton of Babolat products. I've had, I've been using Babolat rackets for many years now and, uh, definitely just, uh, you know, one of my favorite tennis brands out there. So, um, again, thanks so much for coming on to the show and uh, hope to uh, chat with you again soon. Well, thank you and thanks for your support and your passion for tennis and all that you did help to educate players about product and equipment and to get them on the courts playing. That's awesome. Thanks, Sada. I really appreciate it. All right. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Tennis Files podcast with Alan Iverson. I really appreciate Alan coming onto the show and uh, thanks as well to Eva and everyone else at Babolat for helping uh, make this interview with Alan happen. Uh, I really appreciate all the great information that Alan shared with us regarding uh, tennis products in general as well as uh, all the great products that Babolat has to offer Uh, They definitely make a lot of great stuff, uh, which I use. And so I definitely appreciate what they're doing for the sport as well as uh, everyone's support uh, in listening to the show. And I also would really appreciate it if you would uh, leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast uh, on iTunes or on whatever app you use to listen to the show. Um, You can go to tennisfiles.com slash iTunes uh, to get the show or visit the show directly on iTunes. Uh, and you can also go to tennisfiles.com slash podcast to visit and check out the other podcast episodes on uh, my blog. And I always love to end the show with a quote. And today's quote is from Anthony J. D'Angelo. And he said, develop a passion for learning. If you do, you will never cease to grow. Love that quote. All right, everyone, thanks again for listening to the show, and uh, we will see you next time on the next episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files Podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.